Blog Talk Radio. He was up each morning with the dawn because he knew his daily run was long and hard and he had to be ready to get his freight train down the track determination he would never lack the little locomotive called freight train Freddy. Hi everyone. <clears throat> Welcome to Getting on Top. I'm your host Paul Morris and we're here Wednesdays from 4 to 4:30 p.m. that's Eastern Time. It's daylight savings time in uh, on the East Coast. And we broadcast from the Southern Hudson Valley region of New York State. And that is uh the northern suburbs of New York City, my hometown. Uh <clears throat> We we may take a limited call in today if someone wants to call in, but uh, I'm not. Uh, I have no guests today. I'm going to be talking about understanding and overcoming depression, and uh, uh, also uh, the show is going to talk about the fad that's coming up in Stanford. But before I get to that, uh, that song you heard, Freight Train Freddie is written and performed by Peter Tizone. He's the illustrator of my book of the same name. If anyone would like to see the beautiful pictures that uh, Peter drew, really something special. And uh, the uh, nice rhyming verse that I wrote, uh, and look at some of the, you know, the story about the 19th century uh, steam engine called Freight Tame Freddy. Uh, it's a great kid's book. Probably, I'd say, between the ages of uh, maybe 8 and 12 or 6 and 12. Uh, so check it out on ftfcreations.com. That's FTF, as in Freight Train Freddy, creations.com. You could purchase the uh, the ebook via Kindle or your iPad for two ninety nine, And you could also purchase the soft cover as well. Uh, at a different price. Uh, so, <clears throat> I also want to mention Upper Cervical Chiropractic in New York, established in 2002 in White Plains, New York. It has become a standard of excellence in the profession and attracts patients from all over the world, including famous celebrities and pro athletes. Check them out at www.ucc-ny.com. If you call Dr. Gertner's office at 914-686-6200 and mention my name, Paul Morris, you get a free consultation and exam that's worth $300. Today we're going to talk about depression, and um, it's certainly a very serious topic, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and and that's the bottom line. And on the show, I will give the listeners a preview of the presentation I'll be giving at the Awakened Fair that is this Saturday, April 25th. I'll be speaking at 1.15 p.m. at the Sheridan Stanford Hotel in Stanford, Connecticut. If you want to find out more about it, 
Uh, the fare is only $15 at the door, $10 online. Cheap enough. Uh, the Awaken Fair has healers and, and vendors of all kinds. Um, anyone who uh, into a new age or just being well and uh, looking at interesting uh, aspects of life and, and uh, curiosities, Please come to the fair. It's it's always a happy occasion. You could spend the whole day there. I believe it starts at 10 and goes to 5 p.m. <clears throat> and uh, I'll be there speaking, uh, as I said, at one one fifteen. So uh, I'm going to be covering today uh, what is depression? How do we how do we get depression? How does it affect our lives? why there is a very strong and positive correlation between depression and suicide, and uh, how we conquer it and eliminate it from our lives. That's the, that's the uh, light at the end of the tunnel. Depression tortured and, and, and eventually killed my father. He was, yes, he was 83, but the last two years of his life, and he could have lived longer, he was a healthy man. Last two years of his life, he sat there staring at the wall. Drove me crazy. He died 25 years ago. I didn't know anything about it. And uh, it also tormented me for many years, not nearly as bad as my father, who required hospitalization and those horrible shock treatments that you saw in one flew over the cuckoo's nest. (laughs) Not very pleasant, and that's why he died. He didn't want to have another shock treatment. My mother begged him but he wouldn't do it because uh, he hated going unconscious from it. And uh, he took medication that he shouldn't have taken at his age, and he died. I think he just didn't want to live anymore, in my personal opinion. It's pretty unfortunate because he had, you know, had an, you know, a nice, comfortable life at that point in his life. <clears throat> and uh, I, I subsequently... Uh, became an emotional healer and spent the last 20 years or 20 years after that searching for and and finally finding the key that freed me from depression and I've worked with other people as well and uh, helped them also turn their life around depression is a horrible horrible thing um, <clears throat> and before I get started I have to tell this quick story it's very interesting I was with uh, this, uh, uh, an associate of mine, also a friend, who was a nurse. He's a, uh, a senior, like myself, very active, um, and has a practice of healing practice, a uh, very accomplished lady. And uh, she told me that she had suffered from depression, as she understood it, from childhood until she was about 12 or 13, and um, and then it just ended. And I didn't understand that. I said, th- things like that just don't end. Something has to happen. <laughs> you need to make a decision. You need to walk through a doorway, th- th- throw a switch in your mind, have an aha moment, something. Something critical has to happen for you to turn that corner. It just doesn't happen. You don't outgrow it like, you know... Uh, acne or or other childhood 
childhood problems, it just doesn't go away like that. You need to do something, pot, you know, specific to change it. Well, she said no. She couldn't remember. We couldn't remember. We were having lunch. That was at the beginning of lunch. And at the end of lunch, we just somehow got into that she had a uh, near-death experience when she was 12. She had her tonsils out. She found herself <clears throat> going into this vortex, and uh, the vo- you know, and, and she felt the spirit and 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 a voice she heard in her head saying, okay, you're going to leave this earth, you're going to die, that's it. And most people that have near-death experiences, obviously, they're told, you know, some people want to stay there, and they say you have to go back. That's usually what you hear. In this case, she was told she could stay on the other side and die. And she said, no, I want to live, I want to live, I want to go back, I want to live. And uh, she was very strident in that. She said she had to convince the powers that be, so to speak, uh, that she wanted to come back. And, of course, she did. (laughs) Uh, And uh, after that, her depression was gone. (laughs) So that was it. There was a big turning point in her life. And you're going to understand when I get to the end of this presentation why that decision to live rather than die got rid of her depression. Okay, and I'll give you a little peek. Depression is caused by a death wish on or about the time of birth. And when you when you reverse it, your depression uh, basically ends. <clears throat> a little more to it, and I'm going to get into it in a little more detail. So what is depression? So that was very interesting coming today before I started the show. And I laughed. I said, I told you there was something. <laughs> I knew it. And uh, she laughed. She said, you're right. I forgot about that. That was a big, big event in her life, obviously. Her life changed uh, since then. So what is depression? Well, when I was about my late 20s, even though my father had a bed, I didn't know I had it. You know, because you're used to it. You think this is the way it is. I was always kind of down a little, had that unhappiness, that sadness that pervades most depressives. And you don't notice it because this is the only thing you know. (laughs) You don't know any other way. So you just think it's normal, which I did. And you had your ups and downs like everybody else. And some people get episodes of that, you know, earlier on in life. Uh, It it depends on the individual. And, uh, but in my case, I, I had an inkling in my late 20s. I went to... My family doctor, we didn't have that, you know, have that many specialists back then. Uh, I was a young man, married with a child at the time, and I uh, uh, just about, I think I just had my first child. Anyway, went to the doctor, and he went through his little book there called the DSM, whatever, or he just knew it by heart. He asked me some questions and decided I didn't have depression because, it, you know, I pop out of it fairly easily, and uh, you know, I guess the criterion was you had to be down for like a week or two weeks and so on and so forth. But anyway, he didn't think I had it. I had it. <laughs> Not his fault. That's, you know, what the uh, understanding was at the time and still is. But I had depression. And it came out later on in life as things, you know, as you get older and you go through certain changes in, in your life uh, of all kinds. 
uh, emotionally and otherwise, uh, you know, sometimes you're more susceptible, which I was in particular. Again, not always the case. People vary with how they uh, suffer from it. <clears throat> and um, so, but I did I did have it, and I had some bad, very dark moments, unfortunately. But I'm good now. I cured myself. Uh, I found a key, and I cured myself. And I'm, uh, I feel like I was reborn, honestly. I, I feel the best I've ever felt my whole life. And I want to help other people feel the same way. So people have it differently, okay? Just like if uh, someone's pregnant, you know, uh, everybody's woman's pregnancy is different. Some people have it easy. Some people have it harder. Some people have morning sickness. Some people don't, so on and so forth. <clears throat> With depression, but the similarity is you either have it, you're either pregnant or you're not. You can't. Say, hey, I feel pregnant today, you know, like some people say, I feel depressed today, okay? <clears throat> because the, the word is used so many different ways, it becomes confusing. And that's one of the problems in understanding it. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> if you have depression, all right, it's gonna, your, your depression is going to differ from other people's in three ways. The three uh, three ways that you look at it. And that is uh, frequency, okay, your frequency of, uh, of uh, episodes, depressive episodes, the duration of those episodes, and uh, how serious uh, those episodes are, okay? And, and it varies. It varies. An example, one extreme, uh, my father, he didn't get episodes that frequently, Every so many years, okay, so frequency was down. They say, oh, that's great. Yeah, but the duration lasted until, it lasted forever until he got a shock treatment, all right? And in the last case, he died, and that's how it ended. And, of course, in his case, well, not of course, but in his case, it was very serious. Uh, he couldn't function. He sat there staring at the walls, Um uh, you know, and he couldn't do anything. It was very sad. So, so uh, I the first person they cured, uh, the frequency was much higher. They got it every day. Again, it doesn't mean it's better or worse. In fact, she got it every day, which means she got over it every day. But she got it, she got over it during the day, and she got it again the next day. So the duration was very low. The frequency was high, and it was somewhat serious, but she was able to function, you know, to a lesser degree, but she could function. So this, so these three criteria, frequency, duration, and how serious it is, how bad you feel, let's say from a scale of 1 to 10, uh, how it keeps you from functioning and so on, are the, uh, are the way you measure uh, your depression. Again, everyone's different, but if you, but these things don't come in unless you have it. <clears throat> okay. How do we get depression? Um, we get depression from a death wish. What does that mean? When we're born, babies are intuitive. Okay, call it psychic, call it whatever you want. 
Uh, I'm not going to go into detail about that at the moment, but let's put it this way. <clears throat> when you're born, your intuition, okay, is very strong. That's how you survive. Babies can't see when they're first born. They don't know what's going on and so forth. They don't understand language. But somehow they have a sense of what's going on. Anyone that has a child knows that. If you're uncomfortable, you're in a bad way, the child knows it, picks up on it, gets the vibes. So their intuition is very high. Well, children know when they're born and they're not wanted. Yes, they know it. And I was told, that that's how I found out about it. I was told by a depressive when I had a workshop, when I was first starting out working with people. And she told me she remembered being born, not being wanted and wanting to die. Because if you're not wanted... You're going to die. I mean, to a child, abandonment means death. It's the biggest fear that a child has is abandonment. Abandonment means death to a child. <clears throat> well, instead of being abandoned, you know, a child doesn't know. They just figure, oh, it's all over. I want to go back, you know, to that, you know, that warm embryonic sack or the other side we call heaven and everything is hunky-dory. I'm going to suffer, and you know, if I'm not wanted or maybe... You know, children used to be left out years ago. Still to this day, they find kids in garbage cans, doorsteps. And then, you know, many you know years ago, they they abandoned them in, in, in the forest, in the field, to, to die from starvation or lack of water or, or uh, you know, by exposure or even wild animals. It's pretty gruesome. So I can understand a child saying, hey, I want to die. I don't want to, I don't want to suffer. So anyway... They want to die, and some do. That's why sudden diff- infant death syndrome, SIDS, sudden infant infant death syndrome, is so hard to explain in most cases. And I was told many years ago by a very wise man that that was the reason for those uh, sudden infant death syndromes. Children just wanted to go back to where they came from, and they died. Okay, so why don't these children die, the ones that grow up to have depression? Because <clears throat> you have to maintain that feeling until it happens. It doesn't happen instantly. It could take days or a week or something like that. And if something changes, like the child may be picked up by the mother and cuddled by the mother. I mean, you know, the mother may feel she doesn't want the child and so on but she's going to still take care of it, feed it, the nurse is going to feed it, whatever. And the child will, at this point, feel, oh, you know, I'm taken care of, it's okay. And they counteract their death wish and they don't die. But unfortunately, that instruction they give their subconscious that I want to die stays there. And that that subconscious uh, instruction you know, like hypnosis, and people give instructions and you act funny, you know, you see that in the state sometimes. Those instructions stay there forever until they're gotten away, you know, uh, done away with. In the, in, in, in the case of hypnosis, the hypnotist, you know, straightens it out, clears, and gets rid of that instruction, and the person doesn't have to bark like a dog or whatever anymore. In this case, they don't know it. <clears throat> So that, that instruction stays there. And how does it affect our lives? What happens is since this the, this death wish that causes our depression is created 
by an emotional trauma, the trauma being being rejected at birth, that's quite a trauma, by an emotional trauma to a, 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 a newborn child, uh, when, when that feeling is hooked, so to speak, we go into an episode. And what am I talking about? Well, when you get an emotional trauma, let's say you were bitten by a black dog when you were a kid. Uh, when you grow up, you see a black dog, you're going to get frightened. You're going to tense up. Your body's going to get all tense, okay? Uh, if you had an accident in a car and someone's driving fast or recklessly, you're going to tense up. You know, anything that reminds you of it, it's there for our protection so we don't have the problem again. So whenever these depressive uh, feels unwanted, anything that reminds them of that emotional trauma when they were born, they're going to often go into a, a depressive episode and eventually it becomes a habit, unfortunately. So, and, you know, we just slide right into it too often. Sometimes we just wake up with it. I know I did at one point in my life. It's not fun. And uh, some people just can't function or function at a very limited uh, level when they're depressed. And uh, and unfortunately, really unfortunately, uh, some people uh, take their lives, kill themselves, and it's horrible. It's a horrible thing to happen, especially for a young person. I know someone who's... Uh, whose uh, son who's about to graduate high school killed himself, and I guarantee you he suffered from depression. She probably didn't know it. He might not have known it. I guarantee you that's what it is. And that's, you know, I'm trying to help young people, older people, everybody. I want to educate everybody about this so they find it and and take care of it before people take their lives. It, it's a very, very sad uh very sad story for people to kill themselves before their time. So what is the correlation? Why is it so strong? Well, now you know. The death wish, and I'll tell you from personal experience what happens when you have a depressive episode, the death wish kicks in, and the brain acts like a computer. The computer does what it's told. The operator computer makes the value judgments. Should I run this program? Should I run that program? Okay, the conscious mind is the operator. The subconscious is the computer. The subconscious just does what it's told. It doesn't make value judgment. If you tell it you want to die, it's going to try to help you die. All right? And that's just the way it works. And when you're in an episode, it knows. It outsmarts you at every turn. So no matter what you try to do to think, think of, you know, change the past in your mind, think of a better future, try to be happy... It it puts a uh, you know a gloom over the whole thing, and no matter how you try and fight it, it it's stronger. It's like uh, those Chinese puzzles, you know those uh, uh, that you put your finger in, you know, and it's like a woven, and you put your finger your fingers on each side in, and you pull it to get it out, and the harder you pull it, the tighter it gets, and that's the way it is when you're in an episode. The harder you fight it, the stronger it gets. And, and the only way you can get out of it is to get active. Sometimes somebody will do something to get you out of it. Maybe the phone will ring. It'll just break break that uh, that session there, okay, that concentration. 
or something might happen to end it for you, hopefully. And what I recommend for people is do something. As hard as it is, the last thing we want to do is get active. And being active and being in the present moment is what ends the depressive episodes. You cannot be in the present moment and be depressed at the same time. It's impossible. Cannot be in the present moment and be depressed at the same time. Like light and darkness cannot be coexist at the same place at the same time. When light is there, the darkness leaves. Okay? When you're in the present moment, the depression leaves. It cannot function there. Depression functions in the past and the future. Again, another suggestion for people who suffer, keep yourself busy. Keep yourself in the present moment. Think happy thoughts, as my dear departed mother told me. And that helps a great deal. We're going towards a 30-minute mark, and uh, the live feed will end. I might go over a little bit, and if I do, you can hear the rest of the episode by going to the archive, clicking on the archive, and fast-forwarding it to the end, and you hear the last few minutes of the show if I do go over. <clears throat> and just to, re- just to uh, remind you, you're listening to Getting on Top on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Paul Morris. We have Wednesdays from 4 to 4.30 p.m., and uh, we're talking today about depression, and I'll be at the uh, the uh, Sheridan Stanford Hotel in Stanford, Connecticut, right off Route 95 there, uh, as you pass through Stanford, and it's the Awaken Fair. I'll be speaking at 1.15 p.m. on the same subject. I'm going to do more there. I'm going to do more at the fair. I'm going to also offer people a nice discount if they want to uh, me to help them overcome their depression and, and do the sessions that will get them out of depression and other other activities that you'll find very helpful. Um, so please uh, come and, uh, and come and come to the presentation. And also, you know, we'll be talking about additional things there as well. <clears throat> so... What's the last thing? How do we conquer depression and eliminate it from our lives? Okay, it's basically a three-step process. The first step is to reverse the death wish. Okay, and um, in, in, in my sessions with people, I take them through that. It's a simple process to do, and it works like that. All right? The second thing we do is is heal and cure and eliminate the emotional trauma that caused that death wish, take you back to that moment when you were born, I regress you back, and using my process that I developed uh, 20 years ago, I will eliminate that emotional trauma and you will be free of it forever. You'll think you were reborn, I guarantee you. So getting rid of death wish gets rid of sadness, and getting rid of trauma gets rid of that dark shadow following you. And then the third part is changing the habit, the habit of depression. Instead of going down that road, you know, we get to a fork in the road, when we know, and us depressors know, that feeling just before we're going to get to it, 
or even if we wake up with it, by going down a new road and thinking happy things, and I'm going to tell you what to do, a little exercise for that, you could pop out of it, all right? And in order not to get episodes or get less episodes, what you do is just, you know, simply make a list of things that make you happy. Go over it three three times a day in the beginning for the next first week or two. Memorize it. Think about it. And anytime you do feel down, go back to your list and uh, try to stay in the present moment. So that'll help you take the fork not to the dark place, but to the happy place. Remember what Yogi Berra said famously, when you get to a fork in a road, take it. But I'm telling you, Paul Morris to take the happy happy fork in the road. So that pretty much is an introduction. Uh, you can go to www.awaken.com fair.com that's A-W-A-K-E-N-F-A-I-R dot com and um, you could uh, you could find us go to Stanford if you want the whole thing it's awakenfair.com forward slash Stanford dash four dash 25 dash 15 the date dot html and you'll get right to the point where all the speakers are or just go to the fair and click on uh, stanford uh, at april 25th and you'll find everything going on there thanks for listening feel good be well if anybody wants to call me or contact me paul at conquering depression for life Dot com that's a long one conquering depression for life dot com is the website paul at conquering depression for life dot com is my email or you can call me at eight four five four two five six three eight nine I'll be happy to give you a free consultation I want to find out if you really are suffering from depression if you are you could take uh my cure which is a is three sessions. It's over a two-week period, and uh, you'll be good. And if you want to, I guarantee you, if you want to be cured, you'll be cured. You only have to have the desire and the intention, and I'll guide you for the rest. Thank you. God bless. I'll see you at the fair. Bye now, and we'll leave with the happy ditty, Freight Train Freddy, by Peter Tazone. He was up each morning with the dawn Because he knew his daily run was long and hard And he had to be ready To get his freight train down the track Determination he would never lack The little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy Everybody was his friend And they all helped him to the end To keep those freight cars rolling along steady He never knew what to expect And was very careful not to wreck The little locomotive called 
freight train Freddy The little locomotive called freight train Freddy 